0: It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Welcome back to Daily Thunder, and we are in part five of our series on impacting others for eternity. So just a quick review of what we've covered so far in this series, and it's really just kind of scratching the surface of what it really means to impact others for eternity, but my hope is that just the principles that have been shared will at least get you started and give you a vision for what is possible in this area of your life. So in the first episode, we talked about the importance of going after souls and how that is a commission and an appointment that we've received from Jesus Christ, no matter who we are, where we are, what our circumstances, there are always souls that God has placed in our life that we are meant to wrestle in prayer for or go after with truth. And so looking for those opportunities. And then in the second episode, we talked about overcoming inadequacy because so often we hold back from really speaking truth into people's lives or really going after their souls because we feel insecure and we're so aware of our own inability. we talked about how that's a great place to be because in our inability, his ability can shine through as long as we get in step with him. We don't try to become the miracle worker, but we get in step. We become participants in the miracle that he wants to do. Then we talked about practical ways to reach souls, how we need to understand the battle. And when we go after people's souls and we are speaking truth into their life, we need to approach it very seriously because they are in a life or death battle for eternity the enemy is ruthlessly going after the souls of, of men and women around us and we need to be very proactive and aggressive and not approach it in sort of a casual light-hearted way but really carry the burdens of God for the importance the weightiness of the eternal decision that he is he is wanting them to make to come into his kingdom So, And then in the last episode, we talked about exchanging trendy messages for truth-based messages. So whether you're just seeking to encourage the believers in your life that need to have a clearer understanding of truth, or you are witnessing to non-believers, it is so important Not to fall into that mindset that tries to blend cultural trends or even trendy Christian messages that are not very biblical and try to appease people with those kinds of messages versus giving them that undiluted truth of Jesus Christ that is the only thing that's really going to set them free and help them clearly see what God wants to do in their life and help them clearly see who God is. In this session, I would like to talk about biblical answers for common struggles that we often face. And these may be struggles you've faced in your own life, or more likely, more than likely, they are struggles that those you are ministering to or speaking truth to will walk through or are currently walking through. So if you're a parent discipling a child or if you are a mentor mentoring someone in truth, if you lead a Bible study, a lot of times these are the questions that are going to come to the surface most often. And it's really important that we apply biblical truth to these struggles because there's a counterfeit answer that's out there in the world that we're often tempted to give, and then there's the biblical answer. So let's walk through some of the most common struggles that people we encounter on a daily basis are facing and how we can provide biblical answers for those struggles. And the first one is that God feels distant. Many people desire to get close to God, but He feels distant, and they don't really know why. Even people who have grown up in church often struggle with thoughts like, you know, I don't even know if Christianity is real because God feels distant and he's not really answering my prayers. Maybe you've struggled with that yourself or you've heard that from other people in your life, especially those who have grown up in the church, but they're not really walking closely with God. Now, there's a common answer that you'll often see in certain Christian circles when people are feeling that God is distant and they don't feel close to him and he doesn't seem to be answering their prayers and they're becoming disillusioned with their faith. A common answer is to just just be open and honest about your doubt. And if you just express your doubt, express your disillusionment, You know that's healthy and that's good. But that of course just leaves you right in that place of being a doubt-filled Christian. And it says in the Bible that without faith it is impossible to please God. He does not want to leave us in a state of doubt. So when God is feeling distant and someone's disillusioned and they're wondering if God is real or if Christianity is real, the biblical answer is very simple. It's to seek after him with all of your heart. It says in Jeremiah 29:13, "You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart." And in the Psalms, it talks about coming to God with an undivided heart. A lot of times when people seek after God, they do so with a half-hearted approach, sort of like their focus, their time, their energy is over here, but part of them kind of wants to go after God. And a lot of times the reason that God feels distance is because we're not seeking after Him with all of our heart. We have idolatry in our life. We're looking for fulfillment and joy and peace in other things besides Him, and And we're sort of expecting him to come to us, even though we have all of this idolatry and we're not really going after him with all of our heart. And then we get frustrated when he feels distant. But the Bible says that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And the problem a lot of times with that feeling of distance is that we are not truly coming to him with an undivided heart. We are not building our life around him or our pursuit of him. We are kind of trying to fit him in. People will always feel that distance between themselves and God until they are willing to completely surrender their lives to Him, to give Him the best of all that they have, not just the leftovers, not to just fit Him into their lives, but build their lives around Him. So if you are speaking truth into someone's life who is disillusioned and feels that God is distant, challenge them to seek after Him with all all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in some cases, you may need to show them what that looks like. What does it look like to go after Jesus with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And for you, be sure that that's the way you're living, that you're not approaching Christ with a divided heart, that you don't have idolatry, other areas that you're looking to for your fulfillment outside of him, but he is your absolute source of joy and peace and fulfillment. He is what you're building your life around. And then lead by example and also Offer suggestions to those you are ministering to of how to remove distractions, how to remove idolatry, how to seek him with an undivided heart. Talk about what that practically looks like in your life, and that will greatly impact those that you were speaking truth to. And give them a vision that they can find that intimate walk with Christ when they go after him with everything that they are. Another common challenge that we often see in our culture today, in the Christian culture as well, is that people want to try to find fulfillment through things like romance, money, popularity, success, etc., And so usually the common answer from the modern church, the culture would be if you fulfill your dreams, you will bring glory to God. And there are even books written in the Christian world that say that. If you go after the things that you are most passionate about and pursue those things, that's how you bring glory to God. And so we get this idea when that message creeps in that that's where fulfillment comes in. So if your biggest dream and desire is to get married and have a family, it's really easy to put your happiness on. Hold until that dream is fulfilled, instead of realizing that you have everything you need for perfect happiness right now in Jesus Christ. Or if your dream is to be successful in a certain career or even a certain ministry, it's very easy to put fulfillment off until those dreams are fulfilled, forgetting that we have everything we need for complete fulfillment right now in Jesus Christ, and we will always be unfulfilled and unsatisfied if we're looking for fulfillment in anything outside of him. The biblical answer is this. We are to find our fulfillment in Christ. Jesus has to become our all in all, and that is the message we need to be speaking into people's lives who are looking for their fulfillment in other areas. It says in Ephesians one twenty-three that he is the one who fills us all in all, and in Psalm 107.9, it says he He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. It doesn't say marriage satisfies the longing soul. Money satisfies the longing soul. Ministry satisfies the longing soul. Children satisfy the longing soul. Now, some of those things can bring a measure of fulfillment into our lives, those good and perfect gifts that he gives to us throughout our lifetime. But the ultimate source of satisfaction is only found in him. We will never find the fulfillment we're seeking outside of anything but him. So building daily intimacy with him is the way to find fulfillment in Jesus Christ. So for you as the one leading others to truth be sure that that is something you are living out in your own life that you are building daily intimacy with Christ. As A.W. Tozer said, the one who would know God must give time to him. Be sure that you are not just giving him your leftovers. You are making time with him a priority throughout your day. I'm a busy mom. I know how challenging that can be. I like to listen to audio scripture. I like to pray as I'm driving in my car. It doesn't always look like a three-hour quiet time to build intimacy with Christ on a daily basis, but to have that heart that says, Lord, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to sit at your feet and hear your word every single day, even if I have to be creative in how I make that happen. So find your fulfillment in Christ. And another challenge that we will often run into as we're speaking truth into people's lives is that feeling of being constantly insecure, so if you're dealing especially with young women in our culture today, you will hear a lot of insecurity coming to the surface. It's not just young women, though. We live in a culture where the, the, the impossible standards of how we look and how popular we are are just constantly being thrust upon us. And so that insecurity can just be such a distraction if you're dealing with someone who has low self-esteem, is constantly feeling insecure, the world's message is build up your own self-esteem. Find that self-worth, that self-value. Tell yourself, you, you know, you love yourself. I got that message all growing up when I was a teenager constantly heard that message, love yourself, be kind to yourself, be true to yourself. And I even had a youth pastor once tell all of us in the youth group to go home and look ourselves in the mirror and say, I love you, to our reflection. So it was a really heavy message. But it wasn't until I discovered the biblical answer of self-denial, not self-esteem, that I was really set free from insecurity. So that is the biblical answer for someone who is feeling constantly insecure, is self-denial. Self-denial. It says in Matthew 16, 24, if you want to be my disciple, Jesus says, you must first learn to deny yourself, which means to lose sight of yourself and lose sight of your own interests. That is actually where confidence and security comes from when you lose sight of self and you're so focused on Jesus Christ that you no longer care what people think of you, but only what they think of him. And your desire is to point others to him and not to yourself. That's a complete shift in thinking from self-esteem. Now, of course, the message of self-denial does not mean we have no value. We are so valuable to God that he gave his only son to rescue and redeem us. And that is truly astounding. So we do need to agree with God that we are valuable and we should value our lives because he values our lives. We are precious to him. But when we focus on building up self and constantly thinking about how amazing self is, we get our focus off Jesus. Christ. And that will just lead to more insecurity because we can never build up enough self-esteem to compete with all the pressures of the culture today. The only way is to deny self, forget about self, let Jesus come shining through our lives. And this is a concept that you can begin speaking to those in your life who struggle with insecurity. John the Baptist is an amazing example of this where he said, I must decrease and he, meaning Jesus, must increase. So John the Baptist had this Idea, this principle of getting out of the way and letting Jesus be seen through his life. And that is how we are called to live. And when we live that way, bringing glory to Jesus, pointing eyes to Jesus, our insecurities melt away because we're not worried about what people think of us, but only what they think of him. Again, this might be something for you to really look at in your own life and say, am I living out that principle of decreasing, pointing eyes to Jesus, and not constantly being worried about what people think of me? And as you begin to grow in that area, you can share those principles with those you're ministering to and help them discover what it means to deny self and to focus on Christ, to decrease, that he might increase. It's an incredible cure for insecurity and low self-esteem. Another common challenge is lack of purpose in life. Feeling aimless, feeling like I know I want to be doing something valuable with my life, but I don't know what it is. And we kind of touched on this in the first episode in this series where we talk about our need to kind of find our own unique direction and figure out our personality and our destiny and all the specific direction for our lives, when in actuality one of the things that is very clear right now is to go after souls. But a lot of Christians today, non-believers and Christians, Christians alike struggle with lack of purpose and wanting to find kind of that unique niche and go into it, the common answer that you will hear from the culture and a lot of times from the church is to figure out what makes you happy and go after it. It's kind of that fulfill your destiny, fulfill your dreams, do what makes you happy kind of a message, and that will somehow solve our lack of purpose. The biblical solution to this challenge is way different than find out what makes you happy and go after it. It's embracing a poured out life, a life of selfless, sacrificial love. It's the complete opposite of what most of us think is going to give us a sense of purpose. We often think that we're going to gain a sense of purf- purpose by finding what makes us most happy and doing that thing. But according to the pattern of scripture, we can find incredible joy and fulfillment by being what we were designed to be as Christians, the body of Christ, his hands, his feet to this lost and dying world. And that goes right along with self-denial because it's losing sight of self and self's ambitions. And it's becoming totally available to God. Even if our life turns out a little different than what we've always wanted and dreamed and imagined, we are in step with him and we're being his hands and his feet to this lost and dying world, and we're living that poured out life, we experience fulfillment that can't be found any other way. When you're talking with people who lack purpose, remember to encourage them that they are only going to find purpose when they are doing what they were designed to do, to be in Christ, to be his hands and his feet, to be busy about their father's business, to be sacrificially serving others and sharing the light and love of Christ around this world. So a lot of times, especially with young people, just getting them out of their own little world and taking them to places where they can serve and minister to people who are in need can just be a complete paradigm shift. And for people even who have had a lot of pain in their lives, I remember a story that Jackie Pullinger told. She was a missionary to the walled city of Hong Kong for years, a very, very destitute place, kind of a hub for gang members and drug addicts and prostitutes. And she lived there for many, many years and ministered among those people. And there was a woman she was ministering to who had been abused, who had been a prostitute for 50 years, who had been kind of through every horrible thing you can imagine. And she thought, how is this woman ever going to experience healing and clarity to what her life is all about? And she started to take this woman to the alleys where the poorest of the poor were. And this woman started to help them, give them food, give them clothes, wash their wounds, tend to their needs. And it was like healing and purpose and vision just flowed into this woman's life. So a lot of times if someone does not have purpose, avoid that that temptation to say well what what makes you happy what do you most love to do what fulfills you and what gives you you know what are you passionate about avoid maybe some of those conversations and say Who can you serve? How can you turn outward? That's a very countercultural message, and you hear all these protests about, well, people are going to burn out if they only focus on other people, and they're going to become martyrs, etc. If you are serving for the wrong reasons and in your own strength, you can burn out, and you can become unhealthy in your life. But the whole message of the gospel is a poured-out life enabled by the power of God and of the motive, not of self-glory, but of bringing glory to Jesus Christ. So it's it's an amazing biblical solution to lack of purpose is to find those in need and begin to pour your life out. Here are some final thoughts that I'd like to share with you as we close this mini-series on impacting others for eternity. I want to remind you that this is a calling For all of us as Christians, it's not just for a few special people in every generation—just those Hudson Taylors or those George Mullers or those ones that are doing these big things that make the history books. It is for every single one of us who are in Christ Jesus. God has prepared good works in advance for us to walk in them. Let's not become so caught up in the busyness and the distractions of our own lives that we miss those God assignments that He has for us in each and every day. You might be a busy mom, you. might be homeschooling your children, you might be a student, you might be an employee at a secular job, you might have a very full plate, but God has assignments for you in every single day, not to add more to your plate, but just to get in step with him. Look at the circumstances that you're in currently and say, how can these circumstances and the people that I'm around right now, how can I look at the opportunities that are there and use my days, my moments for your glory, Lord? This is a very powerful quote from William Booth. I've quoted him a few times in this series, co-founder of The Salvation Army. And he's speaking directly to Christians who say, who use the argument, I'm not called to be a soul winner. I'm not called to go and make disciples of all nations. And this is his response. Not called, did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. Put your ear down to the Bible and hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burdened, agonized heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful wail for help. Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. And then look Christ in the face whose mercy you profess to obey and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march to publish his mercy to the world. Such a challenging message. We really can't hide behind the excuse that says, I'm not called. Even those who are bedridden can pray, can wrestle in prayer for lost souls. Even those who are the busiest of the busy can pray and can speak truth into the lives of those that they're influencing every single day, if it's your children or your spouse or someone that you work with every single day. So get in step with God and say, Lord, I'm available to you. I may be inadequate, but you are not. And God will begin to mightily work through your life. If you feel that fear or insecurity is causing you to remain silent, I want to encourage you with this scripture from the book of Acts where God says to Paul when he was he's going into a city or a situation that has a lot of danger, a lot of resistance to the gospel, he says, do not be afraid but speak and do not keep silent for I am with you. I believe that is the message he is wanting to speak to the church today in the midst of a very dark time, in the midst of a time when cultural and social pressure is really trying to keep us silent. Jesus is saying to us, do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent for I am with you. Remember the same God who commissioned Paul to speak boldly in those dangerous times is also asking us to do the same. And even more exciting is the fact that the God who was the very same God who was with Paul back then is the same God who is with us right now today. He has a tremendous purpose in calling on your life to fulfill the great commission, no matter who you are or where you are. Let's get in step with him today. God bless.